Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Union Bank Global Linker a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org connect. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics platform you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. I was willing to work harder, faster, and smarter than anyone else you've ever met. Um, you've never met anyone who can work as hard as me. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bate Young. Welcome to episode 93 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe work language. So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to a college dropout that got the founders of Tinder to invest on him. And his name is Victor Rivera of Avion School. 
Now, Victor took a very unique path at such a young age because he wanted to pursue being in a startup and he dropped out of college and moved out of his parents' house just to live and pursue his dream. Now, it wasn't easy because he had to bet on himself when he volunteered to be an intern for Lalamove where he was trying to make ends meet to survive on his own. Then Victor's also going to tell us what happened and how he improved his skills in Lalamove all the way to how he jumped to manage a laundry cleaning business where he did not become successful yet. Now, Victor bet on himself again by joining PayMongo where he did growth hacking and marketing, where he encountered the problem that led him to create Avion School. And here, Victor will also share why he created that school to fill the skill gap that developers have here in the Philippines in order for them to be hireable by startups. Now, stick around till the end because he will share how he got the founders of Tinder to invest in Avion School in this very cool episode. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Avion School, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. I'm with a kid. I feel stupid whenever I talk to kids who <laughs> are raising so much money, you know. But you know what? Again, mad props to this guy because he's, he's really doing something that a lot of people have tried to do. But yo, you're in the right path with this. So again, welcome to the show, Victor Rivera of Avion School. Avion School, right? Did I not know? Yeah, correct, correct. Okay, all right. I, I, I thought I <laughs> said <that laughs> so. Victor, welcome to the show. Welcome to the hustle, the hustle share podcast. No, thanks so much for having me. Alrighty, let's get down and dirty right real quick. <laughs> uh, I know you, you said um, you've listened to the show, so if you really do, Victor, what's your hustle? <laughs> um, well, right now we're building Avian School. We teach Filipinos to become software engineers in twelve weeks. Um, I think what people don't really know is. We're a company started by two college dropouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and prior to getting here, I actually went on a very focused journey that as I'd like to think of it as I, I, I dropped out of college, started, started off as an intern and tried to figure out how to get the skills needed to really build a business in the future. Um, but yeah, that's how everything started for me. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, you know, when you say uh, dropout, and just for perspective, right? Uh, mm-hmm. How old are you again? Just because college is not that far away from, <laughs> you, from where you are now. How old are you? I am twenty-three. See, so you're probably just a couple of years <laughs> removed by that. But before we get carried away and talk about why you dropped out, I need you to buckle up because you're gonna raid. We're gonna ride. We're not gonna raid anything. We're gonna ride <laughs> the hustle share time machine. Oh shit! Wrong sign effects. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna cut this. We're gonna run. That's fine. There you go. Fuck, what was that? What was that about? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so we're in the time machine, and uh, now we can talk about why uh, you dropped out. But before that, I want to go all the way back because um, did you always wanted to be a dev, and uh, or what was your background, or do you have any inclination that you think? You mm. want to be in startups and whatnot before? Um, hmm. I think 
for me, it's always been, and I don't think I've always wanted to be in a startup. Um, it started in college after, after reading the Elon Musk book that I found from my college roommate at that time. Okay. Um, then after that, I found I ended up seeing a couple of guys speaking in a ca- cafe near school. They were selling me into this new app that they had that sort of supposedly going to change the way finance was done here. Okay. Um, but prior to that, I didn't know anything about startups. I, I did not, I couldn't even think of any startup founder I knew at that point other than Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates. Mm. Um, but to answer your question is, if I've always wanted to be a dev, like I think the interesting part is I, I'm not an engineer, um, just to clarify that out. But what I am is I'm someone who has taken about four or five different online courses on learning how to code online. Got it. All right. So I think that's a, a brief background to ask, answer your question. All right, that, that, that's great. Now, in, in, in terms of, you know, that's great because you come clean that you're not a dev, which again, <laughs> is not easy to yeah. do. So when you got, what, when you read that book, I mean, Elon Musk is probably the, the, the most ambitious of them all. Uh, <laughs> he is. It's either, there's always uh, two sides of the coin. Either people call, call him either being crazy or being an absolute visionary. What, what was that <laughs> impact of that book towards you? And what did you learn from him? And what, what, what did that do for you in, 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 in your vision? I think the the reason I like that book was primarily because, and this was the Ashley Vance version of it, okay. was primarily because it delved a, a little bit into his childhood and how you okay. saw how he got bullied in the start, mm-hmm. how he had a troubling childhood, but you could see those early signs of success. Okay. Um, but even beyond that, uh, towards the middle part of the book, what you start to see is, you start to realize that he is not normal. He's a visionary. He started a car company. He started the, the space company. Mm-hmm. But even before that, before they get to those successes, you see how he struggles through the process of actually building that. Yeah. You see how he worked um, day and he was selling the company through the day and at night he was coding, um, how he had a nervous breakdown. And I, I felt like for me, that was something I could relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a visionary. But at that point, while it was so far from where I was, I felt like it was still a clear picture as to how you could get there at some point. Got it. All right, perfect. Now, you said, all right, you, you, you were in college at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, when, after you read that book, walk me through what, how that changed your perspective over things and how that eventually led to you dropping out. Yeah, um, well, I think for, for one, <laughs> the it changed the perspective that I realized that the path that I wanted to take was not going to be given to me by college. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually dropped out in my last year of college. Um, wow. I was already heading my thesis term, but I felt like even the the last two months before I, I, I mean, I mean the last two terms before leaving school would have been a complete waste of time if I went through that. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess in that whole two to three period where I was thinking whether or not I should drop out. I, I, I got really focused on, at that point, I was, just re- I was reading a lot. Um, I was reading the Lean Startup, trying to see how I could build a business. I was reading about how to build teams. I was re- uh, marketing, um, engineering. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I don't think I ever really did anything. I was focused on just understanding the skills and speaking like, as if I was a startup founder mm-hmm. um, without having an actual company. All right. Um, so that's what changed. <laughs> that's perfect. So again, you you 
little did you know that you're actually obsessed already. <laughs> Which, by <laughs> the way, a lot of uh, us startup founders uh, are like that. So, you know, mm. I, I'd probably, uh, and, and regardless of which stage you are, right? So this is your, mm-hmm. obviously your first startup. Uh, we all have periods of, of that obsession, especially when we see something uh, and we're obsessed with something that we want to do. Because that also is the biggest uh, byproduct of passion, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that always comes out naturally. And that's also like in, in, in relation to what you said about Elon Musk. That's mm-hmm. what makes us startup founders abnormal. <laughs> yeah. We're abnormal. That's, that's what it is, right? Now, okay, so you've now been obsessed and you wanted to drop out. On your last day, I'm <laughs> yeah. curious, how did you make this conversation happen to the people that are actually still going to be responsible for you, which are your parents? Because that, <laughs> that's not mm-hmm. normal, okay? In Silicon Valley, that's normal. The Zuckerbergs of the world, the, the, mm. the, garage, uh, the garage startups, you know, Silicon Valley... Uh, uh, type of, of, of stories that's cool that's normal here mm-hmm. that's very unheard of how was that like and how did you decide and convince <laughs> even just like you know screw it I'm gonna go drop out and do this uh, head on uh, I, I like that question um, I actually initially told my parents that I'd drop out um, with a very very similar idea back in 2017 and I told them I wanted to change the way education was um, I did not agree with it I, I was starting to be a depressed kid and I, I was not enjoying going through my day-to-day life in school um, and my parents were they said go for it I, they think it's a it's a, an idea they're, they're not too happy about it but they felt like it was it was okay um, but what happened when I got home is my mom ended up convincing my dad that it was not a, it was a completely bad idea. Um, so my dad took me out to a restaurant um, and he said that, okay, so what's your idea? Um, how do you plan to take that to market? And I, I gave him my idea. I don't think we had a really concrete idea at that point. I did that I have a product, but it was, it was all good and well at that point. But after that, he ended up bringing up the idea of taxes, um, rent, food. Um, And I think one thing that you guys should know about my family is the moment that you leave or finish college is they they sort of want you to have a more American-like upbringing where they cut you off completely. Um, So you're forced to look for a job Mm -hmm. um, and live on your own. So that's what happened. I ended up getting scared. So I I went back to school for the next um, year or two. Um, But I think what happened there is I ended up getting my heart broken at some point. I felt like I needed to change. Okay. Um, and I felt like I was changing so much that I, I, I wanted to find an internship. So I went okay. to a company, Lala Move at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, I, and I remember what I told the, the country head there specifically mm-hmm. um, in that job interview, for that internship interview, was I was willing to work harder, faster, and smarter than anyone else you've ever met. Um, you've never met anyone who can work as hard as me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm willing to close more sales than anyone in the team. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay me. Um, and let's do this for three months. Okay. If at the end of the three months, you, I'm bringing enough value to the team, then hire me. If I don't, um, then, then we part ways. I got my experience. Um, when you're end, you got free labor. Um, so it started at that point. Wow. Then I ended up just going through school. Uh, I mean, I ended up going through that internship. 
right. with no plans of going back to to my house, I called up my parents and told them that I'm set on this. I am not going to go back to school. Wow. To school. Um, then yeah, so I ended up having to pay for that with the the little savings that I had at that point, mm-hmm. um, and I had to cut all expenses um, down to the most minimum mm-hmm. things I need at so, least for the next year. Okay, so for for that internship, first of all, you are you like high stakes, my man. So I like that. That that's a lot of <laughs> bravado and a lot of passion right there because people wimp out. Okay, uh, especially. Uh, you know uh, the youngins, and I, I encounter this a lot with mm-hmm. uh, with fresh grads, right, or even interns that apply to, to to any of the startups that I've had, chatbot, pod, podcast network, even my my old startup, Party Pal. Majority of their yeah. question, it all boils down to this make or break question that I use. Um, if we ever we hire you, what's the most immediate impact that you can create? That means you're ready to contribute at day one. If yeah. you cannot answer that properly, then there's something wrong. Maybe you're not built for this shit, right? Yeah. Go find mm-hmm. your internship somewhere else. But for you, you, <laughs> you didn't even just make impact. You even set a deadline on it. And you said, all right, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to fucking get this done. And if you don't, then that's, 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 that's crazy. So I have two questions before we take yeah. our first break. First one was, okay, did, what did you do to hit your targets that you set so high upon yourself? Right, and to say that to a country head, dude, you're fucking like you're putting a noose on your neck already, right? <laughs> the second thing is, um, what did you do? You said you you had to move out, you had to support yourself. How much sacrifice that you do that you did you do to make ends mm-hmm. meet? Because you again, you put such a high standard and such difficult mm-hmm. circumstances on you to make this work. Yeah, um, I think to answer the first question was. <laughs> I, I I think at that point it was a very very bold statement, and I yep. think I, I was willing to say that primarily because I was drowning with the idea of all these motivational speakers, um, yeah. successful people online. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, what that was was that was really telling someone that you're going to do something that's so hard, mm-hmm. and. And someone telling someone you respect that it, it's just a, it's just in a whole new level, and that just forces you to do it. Right. Um, and to be able to do that, um, it actually required a lot of work. I don't think I ever closed the sale even before that point, mm. um, but I felt like it was something I could do. And the only way that it was possible was primarily because I ended up having a really really good team there as well. Um, I was speaking to I had a well for one I had a very very good boss. Okay. Um, not just my direct manager, but the, the country head was very, very helpful. Okay. Um, all these other regional guys. And it was, it was just that and your willingness to learn at that point mm-hmm. um, that allowed people to want to help you. Um, yeah. If you tell someone a lot higher, specifically like the country head at that point, mm-hmm. that you're going to close more sales than anyone, mm-hmm. um, regardless if you do it or not, they end up, um, they end up noticing you a lot more. Right. And they actually want to help you because by helping you, they're helping themselves grow the same. Right. Um, so that's how it became possible. I ended up getting a lot of help from all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of sacrifice, because um, I, 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 I think I was living from a pretty comfortable life to a not so comfortable life because I got, in a way, asked to leave the house at, at right. the point that I was not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for me, it, it was 
difficult in the sense because it was, it was a complete shift. Yeah. Um, it was living with the idea that I had to pay for rent. Yeah. And before that, it, your, your parents tend to pay for your rent. But now you have this huge expense that they have to pay for. Um, it's learning to not buy your Starbucks anymore just because you need to commute home. Because at this point, you can't even take a grab home. You're going to take um, a Jeep or walk home. I didn't have that much money also. So yeah. I'm not a very good, I don't do well with saving money. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I, I had to really cut down everything. I'm right. um, trying to see how I could live at 100 pesos per day um, wow. and try to make that work. <laughs> that's, that's good. But I'm pretty sure if there's one thing that taught you, it's humility. You know, it, it yeah. kept you grounded. Mm-hmm. And from, from those points uh, that of, of struggle, because at the end of the day, those are the ones that really make a dent, uh, regardless of where you are and where you end up in your journey. It's like, fuck, if I survive this, it can't get any lower than this shit. <laughs> well, because if you, you you'd, you'd wear that as a, ba- as a batch of honor, say so, you know what, fuck <laughs> it. I, I'm, I lived a hundred pesos a day, right? <laughs> Where I came from a pretty comfortable setup, but I made it through that point. I just have to do it again. Something it removes fear out of your that's your true. System, that's true, right? Because you've been through the worst and you made it out. All right, now Victor, that's let's true. take our first break, and when we come back, let's talk about how you now moved on in Lala moves and did the other hustles before you. Started out Avion Tool. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Victor Rivera of Avion School, who is then, you know, setting bars high and surviving in uh, Lalamu. 
So before we move on, I just want to, you said the, the, the guys in Lala Move, the, the senior management, mm-hmm. was very helpful. And again, you were lucky because they were helpful. Some, uh, in other mm. cultures, in terms of company culture, interns are not helped in. They're, they're asked to fucking make coffee. They're asked to fucking <laughs> do shit jobs, right? You ended up, you, the lucky part there is you ended up in, in a company which interns are, are, are given an opportunity to, to contrib- contribute, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what were those things that they taught you that uh, really sped up your learning curve in order to get to where you wanted to be? Hmm. I think that's a, that's a good one. Um, there, there, well, for one, there's a lot of different sales tactics that they thought to, uh, to <laughs> so really Can you share some? Because this is, I mean, all, all startup founders need this. Because mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, even if whether you're good at it or you fucking suck at it, as yeah. a startup founder, you have to sell. You have to sell in order to, to recruit the right team, to yeah. get the right investors, to get the right whatever. You have to have cred, street cred everywhere. <laughs> what were those things they taught you? Um, I could think of three things. Um, so the first important thing that they taught me, which I still use to today, is how to get a lot of leads. Um, so the only way that I could get a lot of leads at that point was... Well, for one, you don't necessarily get the best leads because you're the intern. They're not giving you the PNG. They're not giving you the Nestle. Um, you're probably going to get that small cake shop there um, right. w- with some in, in Kesson City. Yep. Um, but the way that I got my leads, and I and I think I got this from one of the one of the founders of Lala Move, okay. was if you think about email, um, they always follow a similar format. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in Avian School, it's the first name at avianschool.com. Right. Um, and it's like that for all different companies. So mm-hmm. it's like that for um, Nestle. It's like that for RFM. It's like that for LBC and all these different large companies. So what I did was I, I would go through LinkedIn and figure out who are all these different people. Um, so I'd, I'd email um, Jose. I'd email Michael. I'd email Mark. I'd email oh, Carlo. Because they all had the same email. Wow. And if you email about 50 or 100 of the, of the people in the company, right. someone's bound to reply. And yes. that's a lot as how I got the, the sales um, at that mm-hmm. point. Um, similar to how we raise funding now is we, we, <laughs> we got the VC name um, and the first name of the VC. Um, right. So that's how we did it. Um, the, the second thing that I, I think was valuable in that learning in, in Lala Move was... was you have to look for the opportunity to learn, um, and I and I and I, I think I, I learned this in one of the get-togethers that they had as a team there. So they had this monthly all hands where they get together and eat uh, a meal, and I guess after they drink together. Um, what I realized was there were a lot of different people who were not willing to approach uh, the more senior management. Yep. Um, specifically, especially if the people were not Filipino. So what would happen is they would all get, have this get-together and the co-founder of Lala Move would be there. Um, just because he's from Hong Kong, no one would speak to him because he speaks English. No, one want, no one's comfortable with yes. English. So what I would do is I'd, I'd say, hey, no one's speaking to that co-founder. What I'll do is I'll speak to him right now and ask him all the questions that I have. Nice. And you do that for every single foreigner that arrives. 
Right. Um, and it's every single team member there, and you start to learn a lot of different things. And since you're the only person they could speak to when they enter the office, you, you start to get a lot of time with them. Right. Um, so that was also very helpful. Um, and, I, and I think last one is, this is actually the most important realization I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought of teams, as, I mean, as successful teams as people coming from all the best schools. Um, everyone's from an Ivy League, or if here, they're from all of the top four schools. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized was, in Lala Move, it was more important to have a very good team that's well-bonded. Okay. So they may come from the best school. They may come from a school that's not so known. But mm. if they get along, uh, along well because they're driven by the same um, culture, mm-hmm. then they sort of align with the way that they act. And, and they act in the same cadence because of that. Mm. And by having those groups of people, while they're, they're all completely different, but have the same shared values, mm. um, it allows you to move in one direction that moves the company forward. So I think of all the things I've learned, that's the uh, one thing I really keep up to date um, that we still apply here at Avion School. And that's all applicable uh, to any startup that you found, whether it's uh, yeah. it's something you built or something that you're part of. There's all those three yeah. components are always, always, always uh, thing. And, and at the end of the day, again, um, it's inertia. When you say inertia, it's like you have to fucking start it out, right? So whether it's <laughs> uh, selling, number one, what, what you said, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of email marketing because traditionally. <laughs> The way sales was taught to me was it's you you never relinquish control, and for me, mm-hmm. email marketing again at the end of the day it's a number thing whatever floats your boat whatever works for you. It doesn't <laughs> for me, I'm an That's old true. school um, calls type of guy. Mm-hmm. I, I need to have that human connection. Yeah. What I've learned here is like fuck. Okay, I can start using that, especially in this pandemic, where nobody actually is gonna meet with you in person. You know. Best you'll get is a is a Zoom call, right? Yeah. But people actually reply now. So it won't hurt. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it won't be embarrassing either, right? If you send out a cold email uh, and they don't reply, at least you mm-hmm. shot your shot. And it's a number of years. Okay, say <laughs> out of 100, 10, 10 people reply, and then, you know, five are interested, you close a couple, right? And you just got to <laughs> yeah. work through that. And with the, the learning part, that's true. Same, inertia. You need to fucking want it. Because if you're going to wait for someone to, to, to tell you what to do, then that's how you don't really learn or don't end up in a situation that you like. Because someone mm. else made that decision for you. Right? And lastly, culture. Dude, I fuck you not. This is the most important thing in, in any <laughs> startup. It's, 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 it's cliche. It's always thrown around. But chemistry is, should be architected from, I don't know if that's a proper word, should be made <laughs> since for day one. And that starts yeah. with the founder, which again, requires chemistry in terms of culture, requires uh, your, your, your ability to persuade the right team. Because you can talk all you want about having a great team, but <laughs> if you recruit the wrong people, good luck trying to fix that culture. Right, so great job, Victor. So after Lala Move, um, what did you do next? Because you, you didn't really stay that much, uh, that long in this in the, in the company, right? Uh, yeah, you, I was. Did you long. have flashes of like, hey, maybe I need to go back to school, or did you have uh, that that temptation, or what did you do next? Yeah, I, I think 
you, at some point you get a, a little bit cocky about the whole thing. Right. So I was offered this um, role in this in this company called We Clean. Okay. And that was a much larger role at, at that point. Um, a it was more traditional in the sense um, it was a traditional company trying to go a little, a little bit more tech driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a little we we tried to do pickup and delivery laundry. Um, that's okay. actually where I met Andrew, the other guest in your show. Um, but yeah, so I, I moved to Weekling from there. Um, ran a, a laundry franchise alongside a, a pickup and delivery business. Wow. Okay. So from logistics from 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 moving uh stuff what did you do in weekly that you didn't apply and what did you also learn there uniquely because again uh yeah just because you're not a lala move that everything that you learn there is not mm. applicable right away it's a totally different startup and it, the mm. thing is is it a it, it is a totally new culture so what was their challenges and what are the things that you did you did in uh, weekly um hmm. I, I think the I think the, for me in, in weekly and the, the thing there was it, it allowed me to learn how to prioritize my time. Um, for one, the people who, who put in money in that company were pretty high level executives coming from really um, top e-commerce or con- top consulting firms. Okay. And, and I think when you're not just focused on one thing, which is sales, Mm-hmm. And you have to manage um, HR, you have to manage the finance, you have to manage mm-hmm. marketing. It starts to get a little bit tricky. Yeah. And as someone who's young, you don't even know what to do. And you, you start to think, oh, maybe I should work on this. But then again, that's not the most important thing on your list. You have to think about the other thing. Um, and that's where I, I think, I, I don't think it turned out too well, mm-hmm. but it definitely taught me a lot about trying to prioritize my time, something I still right. use today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was, your, what was your formula now? Because for me, like, for example, I always ask this also in, a, in the interviews I do with, with, my, with, with people that are trying to apply and then it just startups. So when you're trying to work and there's a lot of work to, do, to be done, what do you do first? The hardest or the, the easiest, right? And again, there's no right or wrong answer, right? Um, and what I usually get in terms of uh, answers is they do the hardest first and they do the easiest last. I'm actually the opposite. What I usually do is I do the easiest first and uh, I do the hard thing last. So that, or not the hard hard thing in the middle. Uh, Yeah. So I can tell myself like, hey, all right, you have momentum, right? So whether it's a quick (laughs) call, a quick email, or delegate to as many, whatever I can delegate, just so that I can create that sense of momentum. All right, you're you're getting there. You know, shoot yeah. the easy shot, shoot the layups before you, you get to the, you know, the fucking Hail Marys, right? For you, what, what, what did you generate in terms of your formula and how to uh, go about your day, given that there's a million things to do? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I fall in the same spot as you. I, I start with the easy things first. Right. I'll spend a very, very little time on that, though. Mm-hmm. So just to get the little bit of momentum that you need Correct. to start working on the hard task. I can't do a hard task from the start. I, I know people who do that. I can't do that. Me too. <laughs> it's my brain fried and I feel like, fuck this, I'm done. That, that's always the reaction. <laughs> or I'd, my body would react like, shit, I need a nap. Or I need, I need a break. <laughs> and I don't ever want to create those little breaks because once I lose momentum, I'm back to zero. I don't have momentum. Yeah. It's like going uphill. So you're, you're on a bike, right? You, if you have that momentum, 
the, the effort you have to put in just to, to get uphill is less. Rather than if yeah. you're, you're totally static and then shit, this is going to be a hard time. <laughs> okay, so after we clean, you went to this company that we just featured uh, last, year, <laughs> last year or early this year. Forgot already. So mm-hmm. Paymongo, right? Just fresh mm-hmm. out of YC. So shout out to flat friends and the team. What did you do in Paymongo? And uh, uh, what did, uh, wh- how was that experience like? Because again, Paymongo is easily one of the hottest startups in the Philippines at the moment, right? Yeah. They also, they're like you. They like shooting. They're, they're not shy about telling the, telling the world, hey, this is what we're going to do. Right? <laughs> Francis yeah. does put it out there. Like whatever you're doing, he puts it out, right? He's not shy, but <laughs> he backs it up, right? Mm. For you, what was that experience like working with them and what did you do there? Yeah, um, I think before we get to that point, I think what I wanted to say was the only reason I ended up in Paymongo mm. was after a bad stint um, in that prior company. It was I learned a lot, but it was very, very hard. Okay. Is I, I tried to look for a company that I was excited in. I was trying to look yeah. for all these different in startups, I couldn't seem to find that. Then there's this news that it shows YC, um, this mm-hmm. new Filipino payment gateway mm-hmm. coming out, trying to be the stripe for the Philippines. Founded by um, dude and all that. From, from late and all these different right. places. And so I reached out to them um, very, very early. So at the moment the article released, I told them that I wanted, I wanted in. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, they weren't hiring, so I ended up telling I, I gave them about another week or two. Then I, I did not have money anymore. So I, I told Francis that, um, hey, um, I'm willing to work for you guys for free. Um, don't pay me. I, I just want in in the company. Um, so I did the same thing again, similar to what I did in Lala Move. Um, and I think what I learned in, in PayMongo was it, it, it's very core to what the y, YC teaches mm-hmm. um, that you only have to do two things as a startup founder. Um, it's either you're writing code or you're speaking to your users. Yep. And that's something that I, I think locally isn't too, is given too much attention to, but it's something that I saw directly in, inside PayMongo where they were very, very focused on solving the problems of their customers. Yep. Um, you would see all, you would hear all of these, um, I guess complaints at that time or all of these feature requests. But if you look at the core of what they do, um, it's not exactly the problem that they're trying to solve. So they were always focusing on the problem and working towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them, I, I did customer success. I also ran growth marketing um, in the start, mm-hmm. but I think it was the part of, the, I, I did a lot more of the customer success work where I was spending my whole day just speaking as a customer service representative right. in a way. And that's um, the front customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where you get all the feedback, whether it's good or bad, yeah. <laughs> which is you attract because the worst part as a startup actually is you don't get any feedback, right? So yeah. whether it's, a, it's someone that, you know, wants to praise or just a, in, in, inquiring, that's good because there's customer mm-hmm. initiation that, 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 again, the customer inertia that comes with it that like, all right, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. But okay, um, in terms of uh, the the team culture, what did you like in 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 Paymongo? That because again, they're they're doing these these this company is run by ran by twenty somethings. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's Tito Edwin Lachier, the dad, that that that's basically the popo, right? But the rest are fucking youngins, man. <laughs> what was the experience like working in Paymongo? 
And uh, what else did you learn aside from you know uh, doing growth marketing and customer success? Um, hmm. I guess it's it, it's being very very productive and um, as a company, um, I, I think it's not the sexiest answer, but it for them I think it was very focused on the idea that product leads the way. Yeah. Um, so you have this entire product team that's not just a like support for the product use, but more so they lead the direction for what needs to get built. Um, and being very productive and does not just mean. Um, you're led by the product team. It, it means be half the company being like full of engineers. Right. Um, it's being very, very close to actually being able to build something mm-hmm. and build something that people actually want. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way that you're able to do that is if you're speaking to your users on a daily basis and turning that feedback into back into the engine of building your product. Um, and another thing that I think was also fun was, like you said, they're all 20-somethings. Right. But because I think it was also because they, they got into YC that allowed them to get a lot of interest. So I think it was a group of 20-somethings, but they were not just normal 20-somethings. They were like 20-somethings who were all extremely driven. Like right. every single one of them could have been a founder by themselves. Right. And that's a very, very challenging culture to be part of. And it's mm-hmm. your challenge to be the best type of person you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where... That's what, I think one of the things I learned there also was that you have to be, you have to recruit the right team because yes. recruiting the right team will allow you to get far. Absolutely. All right. Now let's uh, before we uh, move on, let's take our last break. When we come <laughs> back, let's now talk about why you had to put up a school and how you actually <laughs> uh, built your own startup and got it funded by the guys from Tinder. But let's talk about that more <laughs> after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. 
Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Victor Rivera of Avion School. Okay, so again, Victor, you're now in Paymongo. Uh, the, the growth marketing customer success. Was that also when you thought of Avion? And because you're not a dev, and for you to teach mm. and and again set the bar high that you're gonna get a dev, you're gonna make a dev out of a person in 12 weeks. That's fucking crazy, <laughs> All right? People go to college for four years to get this done, and you're guaranteed <laughs> in 12 weeks, All right? How did yeah. the idea of Avion start? And then uh, walk us through how you put it up. And were you still in Paymongo when, when this happened? Uh, yeah, I was. I it, I was in Paymongo. It was a fun time at Paymongo. That time it was growing, but I think one of the things that I we realized, and this is an idea that both Louise and Francis have helped me think of as well, um, was there's a need for a lot more software and development talent here in the Philippines. Yep. Um, it's very, very ones, too, by the way. 
not just exactly. I, I, you can you can throw the de- the, the 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 shit there, but if you can't <laughs> barely pass some some basic tests, I'm sorry, you we're not gonna be able. We're not gonna get hired, or you're gonna get mm-hmm. the the not the best jobs out there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we saw it the same way that we we were speaking to a lot of these customers on a daily basis. Um, we were trying to get them to integrate with our APIs, but the challenge was. Regardless if you were speaking to a very small startup yep. or to a large um, multinational corporation, a lot of the engineers that they had inside were not able to integrate with something as simple as an wow. API. And wow. the challenge with that is if you go outside to Silicon Valley, um, something as simple as an API is something that every engineer there can do. Correct. But if here, if you can't do something as simple as that, <laughs> it tends to get very, very hard to um, actually build world-changing products. Correct. And I felt like there was a need for more software development talent. We, I, we felt like we would be able to do it. Um, it was a lot harder than we thought it would be, but we felt like we needed to launch. Wow, I did not know that was the main problem. Because, you know, the customer feedback is great, but even if you gave them a fucking chainsaw, but they yeah. only know how to use a hammer or a... <laughs> or a, a, a fucking buzzsaw, whatever. It's useless because they're not equipped to actually use it, right? Yeah. Um, wow, that's crazy. So was that the origin of the idea uh, to create Avion? And how did you start building towards the idea that you know you talked about with Francis and uh, with Luis, right? Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess at that point, um, we were trying to get a lot of thoughts from other people, trying to see if, if this idea made sense here in the Philippines, um, if it, it would even work. Um, the way that we actually launched it was pretty interesting. Is okay. we, we, we realized that we needed to launch right away. Um, so what we did was, let's not try to come up with the best course. Let's not try to come up and really optimize all these different things. Okay. But let's just figure out the first one to ten different steps to learn um, JavaScript, um, Ruby, yep. and put that into the course, then just teach it right away. Okay. Um, so initially how we started it was, one, is we, we tapped into a number of friends. There's no funding here, so Francis decided to help out for a bit. Um, we also had a number of friends help out with building the course, um, uh, all of which were from Stanford, MIT, or other top schools outside. Um, and that allowed us to come up with a better course. But I don't think that was really what changed it. I don't think that's what's going to turn people into a 12-week um, right. program software engineer. Um, what really helped was us just launching it, um, knowing we did not have the best product, okay. but really speaking to our users. So we only started with a small batch of four, um, and it's a batch of people who co- came up with a chemical engineering degree in mechanical engineering. We had call right. center agents. We had business students there. And we, we, we coded alongside them. So on my end, I, I would code alongside them. I'd learn the courses in advance. Um, I had the instructors there who were computer engineers. Um, and we were just coding alongside them. And you start to see that they had similar problems. So some of them might not understand what version control was. And if you ask a software engineer what version control is, if they give you all this detailed answer with how it's a versioning system for (laughs) all these different things that you don't understand. But the way that you get someone who is not an engineer to understand what version control is, is compared to something as simple as Google Docs. So it allows you to keep all these different versions of your your document and collaborate. 
And just those small things alone allowed us to really connect our users and mm. really teach them the way that they needed to be taught. Um, and just repeat that again and again and again. Right. When you kept saying we, by we, the, who, who were you referring to? Because at the end of the day, you're, were you still in PayMongo when you did this? And how did you turn that into a proper st- startup eventually? Um, no, I was not in, I, I wasn't PayMongo, um, but the moment that we launched our first batch last March, um, okay. I was not in PayMongo anymore. Okay. Um, by we, it was, it was my co-founder and I, uh, John. Okay. okay. Um, so he was there and he was helping build a course from nothing also. And mm-hmm. we were just speaking to our users. All right. So while you're doing that, so great, you applied what you've learned in, 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 in PayMongo in terms of what the philosophy of YC is, talk, be obsessed with, with the users. It doesn't have to be a perfect product, but you need to be talking to your users a lot. Mm. So that's great. Yeah. But here's what I'm curious of. Um, mm-hmm. You had to do that. Did you have prior funding by that time or you had to bootstrap this on your own because you got to make ends meet. And in a time of pandemic, this is probably the worst time to bootstrap a startup if you don't have any income or a side hustle to, to, to keep you afloat. Uh, well, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I think it was also bad timing with the pandemic. Um, yeah. So what happened in the pandemic is I left my job, and the next thing you know, there's a lockdown. Oh, <laughs> so shit. that was a bad time for. <laughs> yeah. So there's no funding. Uh, you have no product, and <laughs> you have no idea how to make it work. And now all, all these crises of the the lockdown, all companies are closing down. Mm. Um, but it was actually a pretty good time if you think about it for okay. an online school is everyone's at home. Um, everyone's open to learning. That's why you mm. see people taking all these online courses from Ivy leagues. Mm. Um, and that's what happened. So I think it worked to our advantage to keep that alive. Mm. Um, could, could you repeat your question? A, a, a so it's, it's how did you then, uh, uh, make that into a, a proper startup and how did you make it because you know again yes it's there's a lot of users out there who can now use but what about your bills who pays the bills <laughs> right how did you survive <laughs> because before we even get to you getting the funding there's a lot yeah. of hustling that you got to do and surviving that you had to go through to make that work yeah um i think with the bills the challenging part was rent mm-hmm. um luckily I, I lived with someone who was very very Helpful in the sense that the rent was easy. Uh, was, he helped out with the, the rent. Okay. Um, so that helped out a lot. Um, but prior to that, it was just the savings that I had that really allowed, that, that allowed it to get depleted. Good thing you um, saved. <laughs> <laughs> at least I learned how to save at that point. Um, but it was going back to my don't buy Starbucks, don't eat out, <laughs> don't, uh-huh. don't grab your food, um, just buy from the grocery again. Um, and it was back to that type of life. Um, my co-founder and I, we did not take a salary um, for five months. Um, and it was just a, it was another tough time. And I think at that point, we were just trying to raise money again and again and again. Right. Um, but there was no interest. We had no product. We had no traction yet. Um, but at the end, it ended up working. So, it, yeah. <laughs> so how did you turn the corner in terms of product-wise? As you said, you, you were hand-in-hand. What were the key learnings you learned from the users that, you know, so you remove jargon, work, work with them side by side. But at the end of the day, as a school, you need to have that cred too. That, okay, 12 yeah. weeks, you say 12 weeks. 
you got you better make damn sure that I am gonna be able to code in twelve weeks. Because if you have that promise and that doesn't materialize with at least majority of what you have, then you know people are gonna have a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, um, I guess how how do we turn that into a product? Is like we said, we were very very focused in trying to code with these users. Right. Um, in a way, we were trying to tell them the story of what we were building. We were building this because we had a clear vision for a better education for technical skills. Um, we wanted them to see the exact struggles that we had as a company. Um, instead of thinking of them as students, we started seeing them as more of um, friends that we were all just going to class at night um, and trying to code together. So that allowed us to make our early mistakes. So that allowed us to show them a set of videos when we did not have the lesson prepared yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got them to buy into our story, and that helped a lot. Um, which is why it's also important to talk to your users. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason the, the 12 weeks works, and I think it works, is because if you think about the way software development is taught in different universities right now, what happens is... They're teaching you a lot of this theory. They teach you physical education, which you don't even need anymore. You, you get taught English. So if you take out all of those, you could, take, you could probably bring down the whole course to about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we wanted to take it a step further. And one thing we realized was, if you think about how they teach it in school, is they're very, very focused on the more theoretical aspect. They teach you how to solve problem sets. And all of these um, different exercises that help you become a better software engineer. Right. Um, but with where the Philippines is currently at, is it, our education is just way farther than than where it is in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, so that needed, we needed to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the exact skills that they require in different startups here are completely different from what they teach in school. Um, so one, it required us to speak to a lot of these career partners um, to let them to understand what they're looking for in a software engineer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's also realizing that it's less about the theory, but more about being able to actually build an, an, a product. So mm-hmm. we're probably not going to teach you all this theory, but what we will teach you is how to launch a messenger, a messenger app. We'll mm-hmm. teach you how to build the next social media app. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you sort of build these skills in your head to really build something. And that's what the startups need, and that's why they're going to hire our students. There you go. Perfect. Now, in terms of the content of the yeah. uh, the course, right? Uh, that's also as as important as anything in in a, in, yeah. a, in a school per se, especially online. How do you source out the right things uh, and doesn't and not end up like a guru master class in YouTube, right? Because there needs to be a method to he- method here and there <laughs> needs to be a science the, to to make it really credible. And also, again, uh, to connect and uh, produce the right uh, output uh, for mm-hmm. students. Yeah. Um, well, for one, it's hard to turn someone to a software engineer um, if you're going to do it from the start Correct. in 12 weeks. So we actually have a four-week-long um, basic web development course for free that anyone can take okay. um, so that they could learn the basic skills. Mm-hmm. But from that, we use that also as a filter to really find people who are a little bit more technical in their way of thinking. So at least that, that, that part's cleared. Um, with regard to the, the things that's needed in a course is, one, we need to speak to a lot of these different companies. 
for one, just figure out what's the exact programming language that you use in your company. Um, Stack. And figure out how to do the, the steps needed to build that. Okay. Um, I think the only difference from what we actually do, like, well, well, probably not the only difference, but mm -hmm. the one difference that we have compared to the YouTube, um, the Udemy courses mm -hmm. is, is we actually have a live instructor in class teaching it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very, very helpful. And the reason that's helpful is because if you've ever tried to code online um, through all these coding um, websites, and I've tried, is the version of the programming language that you're using or the software that they're using is going to be different. Yeah. If there is a slight change, if they change from like version 1.2 to 1.3, it doesn't work. Correct. And the fact that it doesn't work in the start makes you give up the whole process of yeah. actually trying to get farther. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of these students stop. And with us and what we do is we're teaching you the same things, but if you have a question that's catered to you and to your pro specific problem, mm -hmm. we can address it right away so that you can move forward. Sure. And we just take that to a whole different, more advanced levels than Udemy and YouTube. That's amazing. Now, who are the instructors? Are these practitioners? Because that's also the difference between mm. what you're taught in school, which is, again, theor mm. in theory. But a lot of, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying all, but a lot of the people who are teachers in school are not even practitioners, right? Yeah, they're not real devs in a, in a, in a, in a startup or whatnot. Mm. In your case, who, 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 who are these guys and how did you source them out? Well, initially, um, I guess, like, Francis was very helpful. He taught the class part-time. Um, so that got, our, our first batch of students was very lucky because wow. of that. Whoever learned um, from Francis or that's <laughs> MIT-level shit, man. That's what it is. Um, wow. So that was probably for the first month or two. Um, but after that, we decided to, well, so it was alongside his help. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, my co-founder and I, we already, well, my co-founder is a technical guy, so he, he could teach. Okay. Um, on my end, I was a teaching assistant to, to okay. the two instructors there. Wow. Um, but now we're hiring software engineers. So the, the latest hire we've made was he worked for a YC company in the U.S. Wow. He's a software engineer um, building products for them. And so it's, it's real-world skills. Yeah. And again, not just theory. And from the most important thing here is these are practitioners, right? Yeah. A similar thing to how I, we were being taught entrepreneurship. And the biggest thing in my mind when I was in college, like, who the fuck are these fucks teaching me entrepreneurship? And they're not entrepreneurs. Like, why are you going <laughs> to teach me <laughs> my thesis and whatnot? You know, fuck that shit. We don't need a thesis. We need a fucking business model canvas and actually go and talk to a customer and sell them something. And yeah. again, I had to learn that on the fly. And I was lucky that I had mentors too. But that's the mo yeah. most important thing. The, mo the mentor you should have, whether, regardless of what it is, should be a practitioner, should walk yeah. the talk. Because whatever they're teaching you and they're not practicing it, dude, that's just fucking big words they've learned from fucking Google or whatever. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Now, million dollar question that I have here. So you've hustled, you've sacrificed and whatnot. And the big news just a couple of weeks ago was you got the money, money uh, from the founders of <laughs> Tinder. Now walk us through this process of you raising your seed round or your first round of funding. And uh, how did you get uh, that money per se? Um, yeah. Uh, 
so the fundraising process for us was about two months long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pre-seed, um, mm-hmm. and it's supposedly going to get us through the next year to run about 400 different, well, 400 students. Wow. Um, the way that we raised it was initially we, we actually focused on um, racing outside. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not focus locally, primarily because we, we needed the help of people who knew the engineering work outside in different countries as well. Um, and that's the type of talent that we wanted to bring into the round. Mm-hmm. Um, so we brought in a couple of guys, um, similar to that email technique that I was taught before in Lollamove. Right. You find the name, um, change the company name, and send out different emails. Um, so every so often, these guys will find you, and you, you get a good conversation with them. They lead you to one other person. Um, and we did that for a lot of different people. So we did that with our founder, uh, with our investor from Dubai, um, our investor from Europe, um, and a couple of the Silicon Valley investors. Um, but for the Tinder guy, it was primarily because we were, I, well, I'm very good friends with Francis and Luis and Pemwango. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really enjoyed what they were doing. Um, they felt like a lot of their engineers in the future could be hired through um, Avion School. Yep. So they, they, they decided to make the intro to Justin. Um, we ended up having a really good conversation with Justin. Nice. Um, he loves the product and he invested. <laughs> nice. Great job. And again, that's, that's what, what it takes uh, also. Uh, fundraising is a game of referrals. Right. If you're, yeah. Uh, unlike any typical sales pitch, yes, there there are some that are lucky enough that you know you get in the room. The VC doesn't have to cut the corners and whatnot uh, through an, a cold pitch. But majority of the time, those people that that uh, really get noticed and uh, all the way through getting a check, it comes from someone with a strong recommendation. Of who you are, so yeah, that's great, and mad props for you to getting them on board. Now, uh, before I let you go, what's next for Avion School, and uh, what are you guys gonna do in the, in the in the near future? Especially now that you have funding and you can start paying yourself, so you don't have to worry about rent. <laughs> well, what's next for Avion? Yeah, I think for us is the, the initial precedes enough for us to run the next fifteen batches of students. Um, and what that allow, will allow us to do is it allows us to bring more, 400 more software engineering jobs wow. into the market. I um, am hiring, so I will just <laughs> get it from your farm. There you go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll pass on engineers to you. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think the whole vision of Avian School is really to be able to build a global engine with software engineers here in the Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. We want to build a pool here in the Philippines of very, very qualified software engineers Mm-hmm. push them over to the U.S. And because of that, they get paid a lot better. So for one, they get a lot better pay. Yeah. Um, similarly, they also get the skills needed that they could bring back here to the Philippines mm-hmm. to build better products. Nice. So for us, we want to have this end the cycle of the loop where they go through Avian School, they get hired here or they can get hired in the U.S. They build the skills needed. Then it just makes this whole loop where we can build a better course, um, mm-hmm. a better loop for all these startup founders who need better talent to actually build their ideas. And yeah, I think that's, that's what's up for Avian School over the next year or so. Very, very exciting. Again, congratulations for getting that money. Okay, now, uh, Francis, uh, before I let you go, how do they reach out to you if they want to work? If they have any questions, what do they do and how do they do that? 
Yeah, so the way I call you Francis, my bad. Sorry, Victor. <laughs> my bad. It, it's an honor. Wrong, wrong, Fran- wrong. <laughs> uh, Victor. <laughs> no, it, it's an honor to be called that. Um, yeah, if, if people want to reach out to me, one, you could find me on on LinkedIn. Um, it's under Victor Rivera. I'm very active on Twitter. I'm diary of Victor at Twitter. Um, which I recommend to every startup founder here in the Philippines to go up on. Twitter is where all the VCs are at. Um, and people can email me at victor at avionschool.com. All right. Again, Victor, thank you very much. Before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And if we did say some jargon, we have we don't have a school, but we have show notes. It's going to be the hustleshare.com. And if you want to be involved in who we're going to be having next on the show, go to the hustleshare community. Uh, in Facebook and if you have any suggestions or whatever you want to send us go to the hustleshare chatbot at m.me slash hustleshare powered by chatbot ph again Victor thank you very much thanks so much for having me really enjoyed it it. alright and I'll see you guys in the next episode peace